steal, and Puss with the chain. And St. John's takes down number three, Villanova. A signature win for Mike Anderson. Welcome to the Seeing Red Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Seeing Red Podcast. My name is Troy Moriello, and I am your host, bringing you up to date and up to speed on all things St. John's basketball. And we have a little bit of a roster breakdown episode for you guys. In just a few moments, I'm going to be joined by CT for a little while, and we are going to break down the Red Storm roster as it stands right now for next season. We now have a full roster. We're going to talk about the guys who we expect to get big minutes next season, the guys who we expect to take jumps up in terms of how many minutes they play, the guys who maybe can see their minutes be cut a little bit in terms of the returning players who could see their minutes be cut a little bit. We're going to talk about rotations, uh, groups of guys that we would like to see play together, you know, small ball lineups, big lineups. We're going to talk about it all with CT in just a few moments, and maybe uh, Mike Anderson or someone on the staff will be listening, and they'll take our, our suggestions. Who, who, who knows about that? But uh, that's what we're going to do in just a few moments. Now, we can do that because St. John's roster is a fish, is officially full, uh, barring any surprise transfers out at this point, which as far as I know, the transfer portal is now closed. So if a player did want to transfer out, they would have to get a waiver from the NCAA to uh, to be uh, immediately eligible, kind of like the old days where if you transferred, you needed that waiver uh, to play right away at your new school. So at this point, the prospect of a transfer out from anyone on this team is is not very high, uh, I wouldn't say. It's not completely unlikely, but uh, it's, it's, not very, very, it's not very, very high. This is pretty much the roster uh, as it is right now. And where did that roster go over the weekend? Well, in, in a really shocking commitment, basically out of nowhere. Uh, and I think it was actually late Saturday night and didn't actually get picked up until Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon. Uh, St. John's lands a commitment from seven foot one big man Mohamed Keita. He is from the NBA Academy in Africa, and he is from the the Wichadon School in Massachusetts. Maybe I may, I may have butchered that name, so apologies to any listeners from Massachusetts. But uh, has played in the NBA Academy in Africa, uh, played over the spring with the New York Jayhawks, which is an AAU program that uh, Rafael Pinzone and Andre Curbelo uh, both played in as well. So uh, he has that kind of connection with with uh, some some current Red Storm players. Uh, yeah, kind of a commitment. <laughs> Out of nowhere, though, I mean, I know we know that this staff likes to work in relative silence and that they really don't broadcast or they're really not too vocal, uh, you know, with reporters in terms of where they are going next and on the recruiting trail, unless it's fairly obvious, like an Andre Corbello or a David Jones. They really, you know, kind of uh, keep the, keep their lips sealed. But this one really came out of nowhere because I think we all kind of assumed that they would be going somewhere in the transfer portal uh, with this final scholarship that they have, and instead. Uh, they go for what seems like it's going to be a little bit of a project big man in Mohamed Keita. Uh, I'll get to that in a second, but you know, really a surprising commitment uh, out of out of basically nowhere. I don't think anyone anyone saw this coming. Now, what are they getting in Mohamed Keita? Uh, I'll be the first to admit I'm completely comfortable and not ashamed to admit that I don't know a whole lot about this guy. I don't think that there's any fans at this point, even a few days later, that know a whole lot about this guy. It's a very intriguing prospect. Uh, if you believe what you saw on Twitter, some people are saying that this kid could have NBA potential a couple of years from now. Uh, others are saying that he probably is going to you know, be a project for St. John's 
Johns could take a couple of a couple of uh, years to develop. But uh, yeah, it's a very very intriguing prospect. We really don't know what we're getting because there is not a whole lot of film and highlight tapes of him out there. And uh, you know he was not really a incredibly highly recruited kid. Uh, apparently he had interest from from a from a higher major program like Iowa. So I guess that's a good sign. But you know not a whole lot out there about this kid. Not a whole lot of game tape out there about this kid. Uh, personally. I think he's more of a project. Uh, I, I don't right now see him being someone that's going to be an instant contributor right away. Uh, again, I could be completely wrong. He is 19 years old. He does have size, which is something that St. John's needs. Uh, he is, you know, a rim protector, a shot blocker, which, you know, St. John's really hasn't had a dominant shot blocker in a while. I mean, you know, Tariq Owens, I guess you can say, and, and going back for even further to someone like Chris Obekba, you know, they really haven't had that dominant, like big, lanky shot blocker uh, in a while. And when they do, they usually utilize him very very well Obekpo was a you know a beast here in terms of blocking shots and Owens uh played very well here as well so you know that when they they usually do utilize those guys well it's just they haven't really had them so listen Kata could come in here and be someone you know who impresses over the summer and you know continues to impress throughout the fall maybe get some minutes in in non-conference play against some of the low major teams and impresses you there and you know Anderson decides he's going to use him this season uh, in his rotation uh personally though just given that we don't know a whole lot about him right now I'm writing this off as more of a project. Uh, I'm writing him off as more of a redshirt candidate for this season. You know, St. John's, you can't play 13 guys. I know Anderson likes to go deep in his rotations, but someone is going to get cut, you know, in terms of out of the rotation. You know, someone is going to be, you know, more of a bench guy, more of a project guy. And I think Kada is probably a good candidate. Now, the hope is, obviously, uh, if that is the case, you know, he sits, he redshirts this season, uh, and then he goes into next season, and hopefully next season, then uh, he's a part of your rotation. He's someone that you can count on. And then hopefully he develops into someone, you know, a starter level quality player, maybe two years from now, or, you know, maybe, maybe midway through the following season. So uh, I see him being a red shirt guy right now, but you know, you never know. Like I said, that could change. We don't really know a whole lot about him. That's what makes it so intriguing that we really don't know a whole lot about Mo Keda. Um, but as of right now, I don't see him getting big minutes. I don't see him being that impactful of a transfer. So on that level, it is kind of disappointing. It is a little bit, I guess you could say, deflating. Um, you know, with a team that, as I said in our last episode, you know, after landing David Jones, the the hope now, and I think the realistic expectation now is that this team uh, can can challenge at least for the NCAA tournament after landing Andre Curbelo, after landing David Jones, after bringing in a kid like AJ Store, returning Posh Alexander. Uh, the hope was. To, you know, that this team would challenge for the NCAA tournament. That's still the goal, obviously, but there were needs more so, in my opinion, in the in the immediate future uh, that were not addressed by this. I would have gotten someone who is more of an immediate impact player. We talked about last week, this team really needed a shooter. Doesn't seem like Kate is going to fill that need this season, if, if ever, uh, in terms of being a three-point shooting threat. Uh, you know, we did say that they needed some help in the front court, so maybe Kata will help, that, help out that uh, this season, but, you know, it is kind of deflating, I guess you could say, when you look at this immediate season in terms of the immediate future, uh, that they are not really filling a need uh, for this season. It doesn't It doesn't seem like, at least, but hopefully this is more of a project. Now, what does that tell you about Mike Anderson and, and, and his staff? Uh, it tells me that they're pretty, they're pretty confident in what they have. You know, uh, obviously, again, um, myself, Jay DeMeo, who we had on last week, everyone on Twitter seemed like we wanted another shooter. 
Uh, the problem was, obviously, there may not have been minutes to give to that shooter, one. And, you know, two, maybe Anderson and this staff are, are comfortable, at least, in, in what they have going into next season. So, you know, you look at the shooting threats on this team right now, uh, Dylan Adewusu, Raphael Pinzone are probably your two big guys. You know, you would hope that Posh Alexander reverts more towards his freshman year than his sophomore year and is, you know, hopefully a low 30s percentage three-point shooter. You're kind of banking on now Andre Corbello becoming a solid three-point shooter. You're hoping that AJ Store can give you something uh, in terms of three-point shooting. Uh, I'm not even going to say Nyway. I know that everyone likes to think that Nyway is going to jump up. He was four of nine last year from three. I'm not banking on that. Maybe it will happen, but I'm not going to bank on that. I'm going to focus more on the backcourt in terms of the guys who can be solid uh, shooting threats. And apparently, again, Anderson and this staff are comfortable uh, with what they have in terms of their their three-point shooting going into next season. I'm not. Uh, If you're a fan listening to this, you're probably not as well. You know, I don't love the idea of of Dylan Adewusu and, and, you know, kind of an unproven pin zone being your two top shooting threats going into the season and kind of hoping that Posh and Corbello and and David Jones, who I didn't mention before, David Jones kind of step up a little bit in terms of their three-point shooting. Uh, That worries me a little bit, but I guess it does not worry the staff because if it did, obviously they would have been a whole lot more active on the transfer portal trying to land, you know, a more proven three-point shooter because as I said last week, I don't think it would have been that difficult to sell someone uh, on coming here and, and, you know, sell a sharpshooter on coming here when you you have a guy like Pasha Alexander and Andre Corbello who are going to create opportunities and open looks for someone. So I guess that this is more of the staff's choice to maybe take a project player going into next season. They seem like they're pretty comfortable uh, with the roster going into next season. So uh, if they're comfortable, that doesn't necessarily make me comfortable. I'm sure it doesn't necessarily make you comfortable, but we will see how it all plays out in terms of that. Uh, Mo Keda certainly seems, like I said, like more of a project type player. We'll see what we get out of him from this season it's he's really a question mark you know and this roster has a lot of question marks we're going to get into this with uh with ct in just a few moments but there are a lot of question marks the biggest one is obviously shooting you know we don't really know if this team is going to have you know a decent uh, three-point shooting season you know you look at what they've lost julian champagne aaron wheeler steph smith Tariq coburn all really solid three-point shooters you can argue that they lost basically you know three or four of their best three-point shooters from last season in terms of you know pure shooting ability uh from this season so that's a big big question you know the front court if if Kata does not come in right away and contribute your front court in my opinion is still a little bit of a question you know joel soriano omar stanley nyway those guys are kind of unproven. You know, we kind of know what Soriano is. We're hoping for a jump, I guess you could say, from Stanley and from Nyway. And, and you know, but other than that, I would still say that the front court is a little bit unproven if uh, Kata is not going to come in right away and give you minutes and, and, and be an instant contributor, which again, he could be. We don't know. But there are a lot of questions with this roster going into next season. Uh, it, it looks like it has talent on paper, but we will see in terms of, of if they can actually take that talent and turn it into something on the court which they were unable to do uh, this past season. But we're going to break it all down with CT now. We're going to come on, like I said, we're going to do a roster breakdown. We're actually going to give out how many minutes we would play each guy. So you have 200 minutes. We're going to do our minutes distribution for uh, each player going into next season at this point. What we would do, uh, you know, minutes per game, how we would break it all up. So we're going to get to that. We're like, we're going to talk about all about the roster going forward. So let's welcome on CT right now. And I hope you guys enjoy. All right, I'm now joined 
by CT, frequent contributor to this program. We welcome him on for a little off-season talk, going to do some some roster overview, talk about the Red Storm roster as it stands right now. CT, how we doing? Hey, Troy, how's it going, man? Thanks for having me on. Um, you know, always good to come on and talk St. John's, and, um, you know, luckily they got you know some good some good news as of late, so good to talk about you know the team and where they're at. Yeah, yeah, it's been a it's been a good off season for sure. Uh, Curbelo, Jones, and now and now Kada. Uh, first, Definitely. I guess l- let me get your let me get your thoughts on on Curbelo and Jones. Well, I haven't heard from you since then uh, on this show. What do you what do you think of the additions of of those two guys? I think it's great compared to um, last off season. I think last off season Anderson. I think he took a lot of, you know, home run swings as far as, you know, getting guys who, um, you know, from, you know, big time programs, like you saw Wheeler and mm-hmm. Mathis and, you know, Steph Smith and, you know, Coburn. And I think those guys were big contributors, you know, Wheeler and, and Mathis, not so much, mm-hmm. but the other two guys were kind of big contributors at their schools. And, you know, I think those moves kind of, I wouldn't say backfired, but I just think they didn't really contribute as much as, you know, the hype was coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Corbello, he had a, a bit of a rough year as far as, you know, he was, you know, injured a lot, um, you know, coming off a six-man-of-the-year campaign that was freshman year. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a little bit of a, of a down year for him. But um, I think coming back home and, you know, playing with Posh and some of the guys on the roster now, I'm looking forward to seeing how he contributes and how he fits in. Um, I'm looking forward to see how the two, you know, the two-point guard lineup kind of mm-hmm. looks. Mm-hmm. And then David Jones, you know, he, he tore St. John's um, <laughs> when he was at DePaul, of course, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, um you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see what he can do because he's kind of in the mold of um, like an LJ Figueroa type. But I don't think he's as good of a shooter, but I think he's more versatile as far as um, a better defender. Mm-hmm. I think he could, he could guard the wing. I think actually this year you could you uh, him in store you could put on some some of the better wings in the conference. So I think that's something that they were lacking last year. And I also think he's probably a go-to guy as far as scoring. I yeah. think um, you know Posh Carbello. And Jones, I think those are probably the big three as far as scoring. So I think it'll be good to have another wing they could, you know, add to the mix. And, um, you know, having two, you know, big time transfers like that, I think. You know, we'll see how it goes, but you know, I'm excited to see how they contribute. Definitely, definitely, and and let's talk about now the most recent um, prospect that they land over the weekend, Mo Kata. Uh Not really a whole lot about there or out there about him. Um, you know, kind of a, a lot of unknown, kind of an intriguing prospect. But you know, where do you see him fitting into this roster at all? Do you kind of see him as an instant contributor? Or do you kind of see him as more of maybe a, pro- a prospect, you know, project type guy that may take a couple of years to develop? Yeah, I think he's more of a project. Um, you know, just looking at some of the the highlights that that I saw on the timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's someone who's who's pretty raw as far as a prospect. Um, but I, I do like his skill set as far as you know. The team doesn't really have like a lob threat as far as maybe just Soriano, but he's not really as athletic. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe having you know taking a gamble on a guy who's you know pretty athletic and catch lobs and be a shot blocker. I think that's you know a decent a decent add to the roster and, and maybe he'll be a contributor down the line. Mm-hmm. Where do you stand on kind of they bring in a guy who I think most people think he is kind of more of a, a project, maybe could contribute a little bit this year, but probably not. There's probably even a better chance or likelihood that he could even redshirt this year. Uh, does it you know frustrate you or maybe concern you at all, I guess is the better word, that they didn't use that last scholarship on a guy who can come in and be an instant contributor? You know, We know that they needed maybe another shooter, another big that can maybe contribute right, right away, someone who's maybe a little bit more proven. Uh, does that concern you at all? that they kind of you know went more towards the project lane instead of a a guy who's maybe more proven 
Um, I think they could have went with a shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think that as far as the roster goes, I think there's only a certain number of guys you could play, you know, in a rotation, and you know, some guys who are who are able to contribute. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't. I really don't like looking at the the roster and you know seeing Anderson's preferences. I'd say the last year, as far as who he'd like to play, um, I really don't know if that shooter that would have came in would have really played because mm-hmm. um, he's got he's got some guys you know off the bench and um, you know some guys that he brought in uh, to soak up the minutes. So I don't really know about that. You know, seeing if you know that player would have really played, but I, I do think they could have added another shooter to the mix. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think minutes minutes available may have been an issue there in terms of, you know, how many minutes were available to that potential shooter uh, going forward. But, you know, looking at the roster for next season, obviously they lose Champagny, they lose Wheeler. You mentioned Coburn, Steph Smith are also out. Uh, you know, they bring in uh, they bring in Curbelo, they bring in David Jones, AJ Store. Uh, it's going to be a different roster for sure. You know, that you can compare the talent level. Who, who really knows about that? Um, but do you kind of see this roster maybe fitting Anderson's style a little bit better than last year, you know, bringing in athletes like Curbelo and Jones and Storr and losing guys like, you know, or uh, Steph Smith and Tariq Coburn who maybe weren't as athletic. Uh, do you kind of see this roster maybe fitting more of, of Anderson's style the way that he likes to play? Definitely. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely think that this roster is an upgrade compared to last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the one kind of question mark that I have right now is that Champagny was, you know, he was the top end talent that they had. And, you know, with him gone, I think it's going to be more of a committee approach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have Posh coming back, you have Curbelo coming in, who's not really a dynamic scorer, but we'll see in a certain year how he does. Um, we'll see if Jones can be the go-to guy. You know, he, re- he was that guy at DePaul, but, you know, they, the team record obviously didn't, res- didn't reflect um, you know, that successful of a year, but, you know, it was their coach's first year anyways. But I just think that, you know, this roster makes more sense as far as a stylistic standpoint. Mm-hmm. You see they have a lot more length on the perimeter, which I think is a good thing. You know, AJ Stowers, a guy who's 6'6", that's something they lacked last year. They didn't really have that guy. Um, you know, Wheeler was 6'9", but he was kind of more of a power forward mm-hmm. as far as he wasn't really a wing. Mm-hmm. Um, and him and Champetti's skill sets, I-, I feel like, kind of, like, overlapped a little bit in that aspect. So I think they have, you know, more wings this year. If you see, like, Jones and Storr, those are two guys who could throw, you know, at least hypothetically right now. I think Jones is the, obviously the more proven commodity. Mm-hmm. But you could throw Jones on, you know, a wing, and that's something that they didn't have last year. You know, Mathis was that guy, but, um, you know, his offense is not really that great. Mm-hmm. He's kind of on the smaller end. Mm-hmm. So I just think that they have definitely more um, versatility on that end. I think they have more height and length on the perimeter. That's something that I know, you know, coming on the show a lot last year, we definitely complained that about yeah. that a lot. <laughs> we definitely complained about that a lot, that they didn't have the, the necessary skill sets to really kind of match up with teams. I think they have that at least this year. Mm-hmm. Where they have guys to throw out there. Um, but I, I do think the one you know question mark is probably the shooting right now. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of guys who are not, at least by the percentages, not great shooters. So I think that's the, the one main question. But um, you know maybe playing an up-tempo system could really – um, you know, kind of dictate the offense instead of just relying on the shooting. Mm-hmm. When you look at the the front court, are there are there questions there for you? I mean, we know Soriano, obviously, uh, Nyway, Omar Stanley. We'll see what they get out of uh, Traore, but you know, are, are there questions in the front court for you, or do you feel kind of comfortable with with what they have, and, and who knows what they get out of out of Kada as well? Uh, where do you stand on the front court? Uh, I think the front court for now. Um, you know, it seems like they're they're pretty devoted to Soriano being the starting center. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I think he did fine last year. Like I, I don't think he was great. I just I didn't think he was really that bad either. Mm-hmm. Other than like the first maybe the first couple months of the year he was yeah. sort of getting acclimated to Big East play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I respect that he, he got into shape and you could definitely tell that he was, you know, defensively he was trying a lot harder as the year went on. He was better on that end of the floor. Um yeah, so I would say Soriano is obviously gonna be a starter from day one. I think Doan's going to start at the power forward position. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, you have Stanley and, and Nyway off the bench. I think those are the two main guys who are probably going to play the four and the five. And then we'll see where Traore fits in. Um, but prior to, to last season, I actually, you know, spoke to a couple guys who were involved in the high school circuit. And um, they were really high on Traore. Mm-hmm. They were really high on his play. They actually thought, um, you know, him and Pinzone would be really good contributors to last year's team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously Pinzone's year got cut short. But, um, you know, seeing Traore is more of like a rebounder type, hustle guy, good defender. I think they, they kind of need that in the front court, but um, you'll see how it shapes out. But I think they have, I think going into it, they have like three guys who could contribute right away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Soriano obviously being the guy. I think Jones can even play some of the five if they really need to, like closing games as well. Yeah, do you do you see them going kind of more small ball, uh, you know, smaller lineups with, you know, Posh Curbelo, you know, you mentioned like Jones playing the five, Wusu maybe at the four. Uh, do you mm-hmm. kind of see that? Just because it seems like a lot of the talent on this team is more in the in the backcourt, so it, it would make sense. But but where do you land on that? Do you, do you see them kind of focusing more on smaller lineups? Yeah, I think so. Um, the backcourt is kind of small right now, you know, because I would assume they're going to start Posh and Carmelo yeah. mm-hmm. in the backcourt. So that's like combined, like, I think Posh is probably like 6'4 and Carmelo 6'1. Mm-hmm. So it is a bit on the smaller end, but they are pretty good at, you know, guarding at the point of attack defensively. Um, so I, I do see them going small. I think I think that's one of the good things is they have, they have options this year. Um, you know, Jones, I think he plays bigger than his size. He might be a little on the smaller side, but he plays big. Mm-hmm. I think Store could play. Uh, you know, some three and four. Yeah. He's pretty big at six six. Mm-hmm. And then Traore as well. You know, he's I think he's around like six eight. I think he can play some five two. So um I think they have some options. And that way too, like I was I I think I was probably one of the higher you know, on the higher end on him mm-hmm. compared to the rest of the fan base. Um I just like what he brought to the table. He can shoot a little bit, he can block shots, um pretty mobile defensively. I don't like that they, they had him switching a lot, but I do think in a pinch that he could do that. So I just I like the optionality they have, and they have you know a lot of length and height and athleticism this year. Mm-hmm, definitely, definitely, it's it's definitely going to be a different roster. Uh, you know, we've been talking about the roster, and you know, I kind of talked about this at the start of the show. Let's let's kind of give a minutes breakdown now. Uh, you know, we've got two hundred minutes to play with, uh, so I'll let you go first. Tell me. You know, where do you go with your minutes? Where would you distribute, you know, if this was a, a mock game or something like that? You know, all things uh, equal. Where are you going with the minutes? And then, you know, maybe a brief explanation in terms of, of uh, you know, why you gave a, a certain guy however many minutes. So the floor is yours. Definitely. All right. Um, so I think for, you know, I think the starting lineup, I think, has been pretty, um, you know, publicized on, I see on Twitter definitely a lot. Mm-hmm. I think Posh and, and Cabello are, are probably locks to play. Uh you know, close to 30 minutes a night. Mm-hmm. So I would probably say Posh probably around like 30, 31 minutes a night. Carmelo maybe like 29. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Storr is going to start a small forward. I just think, you know, he's the highest recruit that they've gotten in the Anderson era. Mm-hmm. And, you know, seeing like they started Champagne off the bat too and he was kind of on the lower end of the recruiting scale. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Storr is going to, you know, get the first crack at the starting position. So I think he'll probably play around 25 minutes a night. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, I think Jones probably, again, he's another guy who's probably close to 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Soriano, I think he'll probably play around like 20-ish minutes, I would say. Mm-hmm. 
just because I think he, he's a guy who got into foul trouble decent, you know, decent bit last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, sometimes Anderson likes to switch it up and yep. go more mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can see definitely Stanley or or Nyway or Traore getting some of the minutes, you know, back him up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as far as the backup goes, I think Pinzone's in line to probably get. Um, I would say probably close to around uh, maybe like twenty ish minutes a night. Okay. I would say maybe a little less than that. I just think Pinzone's a good player. Like I really, yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's a shame that he, his season got cut short. So I think he actually going to help them last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really good playmaker. He's got size in the backcourt, and that's something they lack. He's about six six. Mm-hmm. I actually think he could play in lineups as far as him, Carbello, Posh, you know, store on the floor at the same time. Mm-hmm. I think that that would be really good. Um, Wusu, I think in a bench role he's going to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's one of their best shooters on the team. I think, like, honestly, I think that's one of their, his best skills. He's a really good, really consistent shooter. Yeah. Um, you know, he shot, like, close to 40% of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a pretty good defender, too. I think the, the one thing that really gets kind of, you know, criticized with him is Anderson really gave him a lot of leeway. Mm-hmm. His first years when he was out there, he was handling the ball. He was kind of, like, setting up the offense. I think that's where everything kind of went a little haywire. So if he's in, like, a, a role of, like, a 15, 20-minute-a-night guy mm-hmm. who's bringing defense and shooting, I think that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um. And then we see with stores, so I said he's probably playing around like 25 minutes a night. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd probably say Mathis would play close to 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. I think him and Wusu are going to be on the wing off the bench next year. Um, and I think Mathis in a bench role, like he brings defense. I think that's good. But the starting the starting stuff last year was a bit rough. Mm-hmm. So I think you know him off the him off the bench is decent. And mm-hmm. I think the front court guy is probably like 15 minutes a night between. Uh, Nyway and Stanley or whoever else mm-hmm. where well, else he kind of you know decides to go with and I think you know toward the end of the next year I think he'd be smart Anderson to stagger um, one of Jones or Posh with the bench okay. so sort of cutting one of the guys out of the rotation whether that's Mathis or or Stanley or somebody like that mm-hmm. just because you need one of your best players on the court at all times mm-hmm. 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 yeah and that was a problem that we saw last year it felt like you know when when posh and julian would be on the bench kind of together um yep. so that's that's definitely a good point in terms of mine we're actually very very similar in what we think um i've got posh playing playing about 30 minutes a night i've got Corbella playing uh, i said 27 you know high 20s probably uh jones i have 20 yeah, that's, that's accurate yeah i have jones playing 25 minutes you know yeah i think those are going to be your three marquee players like you mentioned those are going to be you know your three guys who 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 play you know who are on the court at least one of them at all times uh i've got score at store at 22 minutes a night you know like like mid 20s i could see him playing he is a freshman but you know uh Anderson hasn't really shown, you know, much. Um, he hasn't shown a lot of fear in playing freshman a lot of minutes. So I think Store will get somewhere in the mid twenties. Uh, I've got Wusu getting seventeen minutes. So I agree with you there. You know, I think he's going to be more of a bench role this season. He played twenty five minutes a game last season, uh, but I see him a little bit lower in that like seventeen minute range. Uh, I've got Soriano playing playing basically the same that he played last year in seventeen minutes. Uh, like you mentioned, you know, foul trouble is always going to be an issue with him. So you know, I could see his his minutes being basically what they were last year. Uh, I've got Pinzone up to about 15 minutes a game. That's up from from 10 minutes last year. Um, again, I, I just I see him like like you mentioned. I'm very high on him as well. Uh, I think he could be a really really um, big asset to this team. So I got him up at 15 minutes a game. I've got Montez Mathis playing 14 minutes a game. So I've cut his minutes basically in half. He played about 26 minutes a game uh, last season. He's he's he, he can't play more than I would say you know 17 18 minutes. I, I have a feeling Anderson's going to play. 
him more than he should. Um, but I kind of see him being maybe like the odd man out of this uh, rotation in terms of getting big minutes. Uh, I've got Nye up to about 13 minutes a game. That's that's a few minutes up from what he was last year. Um, and then I've got the question marks. I've got Triore basically playing five minutes a game because we really don't know where you know what he's going to contribute. Uh, you know, you mentioned he could be a, you know someone who who takes a big step. Um, as of right now, I'm not really sure about that. So I've got him kind of playing only five. And then I want to get your take on this as well. Um, I kind of don't have Colby King and, and Mohamed Keita playing very much at all. I could actually see both of them redshirting. Uh, we talked about Keita. I just want to get you know your thoughts on, on Colby King as well. I just feel like there's so many guards on this roster between Posh, Corbello, Wusu, you know, even Store, Pinzone, Mathis. Feels like he could be the odd man out here and could end up redshirting. You know, he wasn't this highly touted recruit or anything like that. So uh, what are your thoughts on maybe Colby King potentially redshirting just because there's not enough minutes to go around? Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, our, our depth chart was pretty pretty similar with the yeah. best distribution. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I definitely think King is probably in line to redshirt. They have a lot of guards. Mm-hmm. Like Posh, can, Posh is going to be a point guard. Herbello can play point guard. Uh, Pinzone's a point guard as well. Mm-hmm. So I just think having three guys like that, um, I just I don't think there's any minutes for him to really to really get. But um, yeah, him and um, yeah, him and uh, the center. What was what was his name again? The uh, Keda Mohammed Keda. Yeah, Keda. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I blanked out for a second. Yeah, Keda and uh, and uh, King are probably in line to redshirt because they have a lot of guys who I think yeah. are playable. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just think they'll just be the odd man out. Last season they played eleven guys, uh, ten plus minutes a game. Do you, do you see something similar to that this year, or do you kind of? I mean, it's it's hard to predict this stuff, obviously. You know, six months out, but do you see them? You know, being around maybe ten or eleven guys playing ten plus minutes, or do you see him maybe cutting the rotation a little bit? Um, where do you stand on that? Yeah, I definitely think um, you know that he could play eleven guys. Like considering Trey Ory could be the eleventh yeah. man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we'll see how that goes. He usually likes to experiment in the beginning. Like I see. He's always like mixing and matching like a lot of players in and out. He's mm-hmm. trying to find a rotation yep. that's kind of playable. Um, last year that, that that went on way too long, so I think that's <laughs> that's, that's really what contributed like to, to us losing like a lot of games. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I'd say eleven guys to start, and then I think he he probably should work his way down to ten or nine to close out the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be such a big you know thing or almost like an x factor for this upcoming season is like how long does it take anderson to figure out his rotations to figure out his minutes distribution to figure out how deep he goes into the bench because like you mentioned it took far too long last season for him to figure that out um i, I feel like that's going to be so important for this season and he has a couple of guys coming back which is good um but i just feel like that's going to be like almost like an x factor for this season in terms of you know how long does it take anderson to settle on rotations and to settle on minutes distribution Definitely, yeah. No, I think I mean, this is a big year for Anderson. Mm-hmm. It really, it really is. You know, last year was a disappointment. Mm-hmm. He, like not even making the NIT with with Champagne. I think that was something that's pretty inexcusable. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he's gonna have to figure it out this year because mm-hmm. I think this team is talented. I think they have talented players. Mm-hmm. They might not have like the number one option like they did with Champagne, but they have guys who are experienced. You know, Carbello's experienced in the Big Ten. Posh is this is his third year. Jones is really good at the ball. Like, they have guys who are mm-hmm. experienced. I think that's the the main difference from last year. They actually have guys this year who are experienced at, the, at playing at a high major level. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the Big East took a step back this year. I think Villanova is going to be a lot worse. Um, no more Jay Wright, and they lost all of their seniors that they had. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, look at Creighton, I think they're going to be the best team in the conference by a large margin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you're seeing like, 
UConn, Seton Hall has a new coach. Like, I just think there's a lot of turnover. Like Butler has a new coach as well. Mm-hmm. I just think there's a lot of turnover where St. John's, you know, I've seen the continuity tweets on, on Twitter. I think that's important. But, um, you know, we'll see how that actually goes, you know, seeing, you know, the, their play on the court. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think the Biggies had a lot of turnover. St. John's brought a lot of guys back. So uh, I think that they could use that to their advantage. And, you know, hopefully finish within like the top five mm-hmm. next year. Yeah. Last question for me: Do do you, do you see the NCAA tournament? I mean, I know we're we're six months ahead of of the season starting. We're what ten months ahead of of March Madness of next year. Uh, do you see the NCAA tournament as a a realistic goal for this team? Or are you are you not there yet? Do you kind of want to wait and see how it plays out? Um, no, I think it has to be. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I think you know talking about this is. It's definitely reasonable because the roster is pretty set in stone right now. You know, I don't think there's any. I mean, I don't think there's going to be any changes unless somebody transfers mm-hmm. or something like that. And it doesn't doesn't really look like there is. Um, I think it has to be. I think the tournament has to be a realistic expectation. Um, this is year four of the Anderson era. I think he's got his guys. There's no more excuse of you know, these aren't his players or or this and that. I mean, these are his guys that he brought in. And um, I think there's a talented team. Like I last year, I was I was skeptical. I know we did that podcast after the the mass exodus of the players. <laughs> Me and you were talking. We were, we were saying like I don't I don't really like this is this isn't really that commonplace to see like that all these players are leaving. And um, I just wasn't really that high on the roster last year. I wasn't high on the surrounding the surrounding parts mm-hmm. next to Posh and Julian. So I wasn't I wasn't surprised that they were that were not as good as they were. But I was surprised that they didn't make the MIT at the least. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this year, no, I'm definitely looking forward to it because I think they have the right pieces in place and I think they have the right skill sets and um, you know I have like good height and length on the perimeter and um, you know a go-to scoring guy and um, a good backcourt as well so I think they're they're much more experienced at, at the high major level um, so I think that the, the tournament I think it has to be a, yeah. uh, I think it has to be an expectation yeah, especially definitely. even looking at the rest of the conference too like it, I think it took a step back mm-hmm. so I think St. John's can really capitalize on that this year Definitely, definitely. CT, thank you, man, for coming on. I always appreciate you uh, having you on. I'm glad we can get you in in the uh, in the off season. I'm sure you know in a couple months we'll be we'll be chatting once again. Thank you, man. For sure. Thanks for having me on, Troy. I appreciate it. Good All time. Right. All right. Thank you one more time to CT for coming on there, doing a little bit of a roster breakdown, a little bit of off-season talk. You can follow him on Twitter at ctfazio24. Uh, he covers. He talks about the Red Storm, big Denver Nuggets fan. If you're a Nuggets fan or if you're an NBA fan, uh, he does a lot of NBA draft uh, content as well. So definitely uh, check him out on Twitter. You know, with with Julian Champagne in the NBA draft, he has a lot of coverage of that. And you know, maybe we'll have him on the show again, maybe in a month or two, uh, to to talk about Champagne and the NBA draft and his NBA draft prospects. But thank you once again to to CT. Uh, yeah, so that just about wraps up this show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Tried to do a little bit something different there, you know, breaking down the roster and and trying to get kind of a minutes breakdown for each player. It's it's all a guess at this point, you know. We tried to do the best we could with that uh, in terms of, of how how much we think each guy should play. I will probably tweet out my list uh, of of how many minutes I gave each guy, so you guys can roast that on Twitter. I'm sure I'll get I'll get crushed on Twitter for that, but it's just a guess, you know. I, my main goal was making it add up to 200 minutes, uh, actually getting it to add up to 200 minutes. So. Uh, I will, I will definitely tweet that out along with the show so 
So you can you can rip on that all you want if you, if you think I'm I'm terribly wrong about a certain player. But uh, definitely definitely be on the lookout for that. I'll be back hopefully sometime soon in the off season. Uh, you know, thinking of a couple of different different ideas we can do for off season content, including some interviews. So hopefully that'll be coming in the next couple of weeks. Maybe you know every other week at this point with the news kind of kind of settling down. But uh, of course with St. John's you never know news can break out of out of nowhere. So uh, be back some point in the off season. Hopefully everyone enjoys their Memorial Day weekend. If I don't uh, if I'm not on here before then. And as always, let's go Johnnies.